0: The street it doesn't a South Carolina baby guys going down guys stepping up that's what football is all about and they say we can't do it what they say now I'm giving up love to the happy
1: Making that money stand on your feet And
0: you
2: better believe Gotta have that cheese For the green leaves Never catch my sleep Steady on the track Get my stand down From a crime And I hit up the 9-9 Gotta keep that back Making me say Your is nickels, and dime
1: Here's a stick of a lick Up that 2 Gotta give us mine Been failing Been kicking up dust and trail trailing, fell in 1-7 That's how it is That it got to have it In the night What? Missing the check a meal To still be real Thugging on the clock i creeping on the thumb up Won't sleep till I'm done up got a blaze my gun up Hold Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. National Signing Day is here. Dabo didn't chicken out, reaching into the portal and coming back with some Tyson. Oregon is stepping into that Texas A&M role with an NIL-built class. Clemson is 11-2, and two and life is good. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by my co-host, Jarrett. We are also joined by a special guest, friend of the pod, longtime contributor over at Shake in the Southland, the one and only Quacking Tiger. QT, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me. Always great to be with you. Yeah, so lucky to have you. Timing worked out here. We could get you on National Signing Day here. It is Wednesday, December 21st. Um, Jarrett, been a minute since you and I have been on the pod together, too. Really happy we could kind of get this pod in. We're going to do an Orange Bowl preview show next week. We'll touch on it a little bit here while we have QT. Honestly, though, this one's all about this 2023 class. What's going on with guys on the program potentially leaving, guys who already have left, guys who might stay. We got a full 27-man class coming in, including one graduate transfer. A lot to cover, guys. Before we get into that, though, um, the college football world lost a legend last week. Mike Leach, um, I believe the cause of death. Jarrett, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it, it was complications related to a heart attack. Um, really unfortunate situation. I think Mike Leach is one of those guys where, you know, you kind of always in the background, you know, followed him. You know, saw saw things written about him. Kind of saw his interviews. How quirky he was. Um, but it, he's the kind of guy that was just so influential, and you don't really appreciate him until he's gone. Unfortunately. Um just wanted to see if you guys had any kind of thoughts about Mike Leach before we get into recruiting and all that.
2: Uh he definitely was like you said somebody that's kind of like a larger than life character in college football. I think I definitely didn't appreciate much about who he was and his story um other than just the the sound bites, but really when all that news started to break I spent I just like did a deep dive on who he was and his contributions and like just his like almost morbid level of curiosity around football and like how to, um, you know, script things and all that stuff. So yeah, definitely missed.
0: Yeah. I'd only add that. um, I mean, he's an offensive kind of genius in the way that he used minimalistic simplicity uh, and passing scheme to kind of reinvent uh, college football in a lot of ways, uh, especially in this
1: time in the Big Twelve, absolutely. I mean, for for me, one of the one of the like most exciting upsets of all time was when Texas Tech upset Texas, um, the Michael Crabtree game. People might remember that. That's um, kind of like more of a moment than really what he brought and how he changed the game. But um, yeah, sad to see him no longer part of the sport. But uh, we can move on from there. Um, so, guys, twenty twenty three class was signed today. Don't think there were too many you know, quote unquote surprises in this one uh, for Clemson. Um, I think as good a place as any to start when we talk about refilling the cupboards um, on the Clemson football team is let's kind of take a look at who's leaving, like who we know is going to depart, like what kind of slots will open up. Um, This year, though, we're kind of in this new era of a lot more freedom of movement of players. They no longer have to sit out, you know, if they if they transfer, we all know this. Um, As of right now, I know, Jarrett, you and I have been keeping pretty close tabs on this in kind of our group chat with the podcast guys. We're up to nine transfers out um, on the Clemson football team. Thought we could kind of go through this list a little bit, um, you know, not necessarily dwell on, you know, why these guys are leaving. Obviously, the big one being DJ, but, you know, with nine guys out and just the natural progression of, you know, guys leaving the program, either to the NFL or due to graduation or exhausting their eligibility. You know this is this is kind of leaving a, a big gap of scholarships and um you, you see that reflected here in this 27 man class coming in it's it's one of the biggest classes Clemson's ever taken if not the biggest so um I just thought we'd start with transfers out. Um Jared do you maybe want to take us through the list because you've been tracking this pretty closely
2: yeah definitely I'll do a quick rundown and we've been tracking kind of like where they're going if they've um picked the place and uh, then we'll kind of circle back and um, you know let QT give his two cents and we'll kind of um you know determine what's next for these fine gentlemen. So DJ obviously he's out. There's some rumblings of where he could go. I know Mateo went to Oregon. He signed with Oregon today. Um uh Bo Nick said he's coming back so I don't I don't think he's going there. Maybe Hawaii. Um, EJ Williams doesn't seem to have a home. Last thing he tweeted was asking the entire foot reverse if uh, anyone needs a wide receiver, so that's not a good sign. Um, Dakari Collins is transferring over to NC State. Fred Davis to UCF. UCF. Uh, Kevin Swint looks like to Georgia Southern. Kobe Pace reconnecting with Tony Elliott at UVA. Um, Levante Bentley wants to go for pl- to play for primetime, so he's going to be with uh, Coach Sanders in Colorado. And uh, Billy Wiles down in Southern Miss and uh, Sergio Allen down in Cal. So I think that's all the people we have transferring out of here so thoughts opinions oh i got plenty
0: of thoughts um (laughs) sorry i always have plenty of thoughts um to me this this screams the larger kind of issue of roster management which is the horse that i've beat for about 10 years now i think and that you know this is a realization that clemson and uh no matter how good a culture any team has roster turnover in the portal era is an inevitability. And so you have to recruit and plan for attrition because it's going to happen no matter what, Um, no matter how strong your culture is, even at a place like Clemson and especially if you're losing games. So, you know, if you're in the playoff and you're in the national championship hunt every year, you can expect your attrition to be a little less easier to hold on to players. Um, But if you are not, even if you're going to the orange bowl, you got nine players and i think that this is going to be you know somewhere between 5 to 10 players every single year are going to um transfer out in the portal it's just the the nature of um of the the changes in the rules um and so i think that that's really important and you see that uh finally with this coming recruiting class dabo has decided to take a full class i mean we took 26 uh 27 if you count tyson the transfer and yeah. i mean i would i I, that's progress. I'm very happy about uh, taking a full class, but also, like, we have not been taking full classes in the past and allowing our roster to be full of holes um, that have, you know, uh, hurt our depth throughout the season, throughout this season, throughout last season. Um, and if we had, you know, five better players that were there in the two deep or whatever it was, we would have been better served in these past two years um so
1: uh, yeah roster management i think is a big deal here yeah qt just uh, this- said the word depth i i mean i when we look across this list i think there's maybe a couple of these names that if they really hit their potential they could be cracking like they could be competing for a starting spot um on next year's team so i, I don't know that we're necessarily have any of these guys be like oh man he was like a sure surefire day one starter in 2023 but you you talk about a guy like dakari Collins, possibly fred davis figuring it out you know former five star um those are some guys and you know levante bentley has definitely been a good depth guy um those are guys like you just you just would really like to have from a depth perspective right absolutely and i
0: mean going through the list it's like dj is still a five-star talent um and he has a five-star arm and i hope he finds a good home um i'm not sure hawaii is really the place to maximize his talent but uh, he wants to go, I think, West Coast or at least be closer to home, but there's just not a lot of options right now that for places where he can go immediately to start. E.J. Williams is like, you know, uh, this player who came in as a freshman with a ton of potential but was injured and never developed and never, I don't think um, – put in enough well i you know he's he's gone there's no need to kind of dwell on it too much but ej williams had a lot of potential that wasn't realized dakari collins is someone who we thought would be a contributor this year and just you know stop uh being on the team pretty much um and fred davis is someone who i mean clemson paid a price in terms of pr in terms of um I don't know, uh, moral, ethical standing and allowing him to come back to the team. And so, you know, to, to have him just kind of like leave through the portal, it's gotta be, I don't know. It's got to
1: sting at some level. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's still due for a court appearance in Clemson at some point in the spring. Um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a,
0: yeah, tough situation. Um, and, but he was still on the team and I mean, second chances is all, those are all great and everything. And, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a lot of potential, and I mean, he started basically at the beginning of the year. So um, for for Clemson, so yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, all the other players is kind of like, all right, Swint was <clears> and and Bentley were kind of Venables um, era prototypical linebackers that weren't uh, as rangy or as uh, you know long as I think uh, Clemson's moving in the direction of now for their linebacker takes and we're kind of one dimensional. Um, and so, the, you know, that some of the transferring out is actually a positive thing where you get to free up the roster to bring in uh, more people. And Kobe Pace is, you know, was talented, got injured, didn't look like the same player coming back. And he was not as good as Shipley or Moffa, uh in terms of carries and um, still a bit of a head scratcher. I go back to that class and like, was he really the, take that we needed at that point but um yeah so uh you know some of it is good with the transfer portal for sure
1: yeah i mean there might be some addition by subtraction here as you referenced just in terms of freeing up spots for bringing in that new life kind of the the prototypical guys that i think a lot of this is new new coaching staff um doing the recruiting (laughs) doing the shopping if you will so um yeah that's cool i guess qt before we move on to maybe some of more of the upperclassmen who have a decision to make here. Just curious if across the roster, you see any other guys that might wait until the spring period to kind of see where they fall in the depth chart before deciding to move on. Like, are there any names that are top of mind for you that, um, you know, haven't yet put their name in the portal, but might be on that bubble for us?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I actually don't see um, any immediate, uh, names that that could go to the portal. Um, there, there's still a few, you know, rumbles of of folks that um, after the bowl game may decide. But I, I, I would put that number at you know less than three.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, we reference kind of post bowl game departures. Maybe we can uh, move <laughs> into the next round, which is just like thinking about. Um, You know, there's obviously some names. I think Dabo today referenced, look, there's going to be, like when we looked at our class, we signed who we signed because there are going to be some upperclassmen that will be coming back that even surprised him in terms of some of the guys. So um, I think to start, like there are going to be some upperclassmen that we know will not be coming back. Uh, BT Potter, kicker for Clemson, out of eligibility. So that's kind of a no-brainer. We also know that Trenton Simpson and Miles Murphy have essentially – declared for the draft or kind of put themselves in a position to, you know, prepare for the combine, prepare to go into the NFL. So I think it would probably take a big change of heart for those guys to come back. Um, but instead of just going through this list and kind of talking about each one, I thought we'd keep it moving here. And QT, I want to play a speed round game with you where it's like, I'll say a name, you say they're going to stay or they're going to go. Sound <laughs> good. Uh...
0: oh boy putting me on the spot putting me on the spot um i do want to say though that uh the miles murphy opt out i think is a is kind of kind of a big deal like i'm not sure we've ever had an opt out um i think it is a major yeah yeah, major bowl and i don't think that dabble was too pleased uh to be honest uh with with that as a potential development so yeah so that's something to try i mean that you know that's a question of culture right it's like we're not mm-hmm. at clemson uh, impervious to opt-outs and to transfers and to all these other things despite our great culture uh so anyway <laughs> and, and, and i want to say
2: that's
0: something oh go ahead sorry
2: that... no, no no finish finished.
0: oh i was just gonna say and uh we don't give enough credit to mr bt potter i mean what a legacy what an amazing career yeah he had and so yeah I'm, I'm i was one of those ones on the tweets twitters and on Shaken that was pushing for potter to get uh the the scholarship um uh, even though he's coming from you know south carolina and wasn't on all these kicking whatever he was amazing and glad we signed him and glad he turned out to be one of the best kickers in clemson history
2: yeah definitely um i remember the year before he got here and we were like Struggling at times with field goals, or so really it was like with kickoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it was seventeen, I think, and we were just all like in the tweets, just like, "Please, BT Potter, come save us." <laughs> um, uh, I, with regarding the opt out, I think one of the things that came to mind for me, and this could be a totally different tangent, but I remember there are a few times, if ever, that Dabo would call out players by name um, in the interviews, and he would never mention DJ, even if he was just like sucking out loud as Walt Deptula would say. Um But he would call out Murphy like the first, like half of the year as like loafing or like, you know, not pulling his weight. And um regardless of whether he was or wasn't, uh, do you think maybe that had any influence on his decision or was that just like a, a crack that below that was a lot more kind of going on behind the scenes?
0: Um, I, you know, I, I think that they, the coaching staff always wanted Miles Murphy to reach another level. Like he has the, I mean, top ten talent um, to, you know, take it to the next level. And when he got to the quarterback, rip him down, and rather than letting him go, all too That's many, right. yeah, yeah. So it, I, I think that was more just like a motivational thing than like a mm. big crack in the the background
1: um, and a rift on the team. Um, so yeah, Jared, I forget if the moniker Lazy Leggett was like from the team or other <coughs> coaches, or I don't think that was ever a Davo mm-hmm. crack made public, but for whatever reason, that one came to mind. Um, just as another player, yeah, whose name was out there. Um, uh, yep.
2: that
0: and well, that and that name was well deserved in his early years at Clemson, so yeah,
2: <laughs> on and Thompson off the field
0: Hattie. right? Yep.
1: The well, props to him for shedding it too, right?
0: That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Right,
1: we're going lightning around here. You ready? Okay, sorry. Okay. Brian Brzee, staying or going? Do
0: I do I have to uh, like make a definitive, or can I just be like just what's more positive than negative? Oh, you know, okay. Predict. We'll just frame these as predictions. Okay. Yeah, That's yes. Right. Good. Great. Yeah. Uh, no it, one's holding you and, to these. <laughs> right. This is today, right now, based on limited knowledge, just a gut feeling, right. fan yeah. instinct. Yep.
2: Okay, good. Orange good, glasses.
0: Good. Uh Brzee, I would have uh staying with a moderate confidence level. Cool. Jordan McFadden. Um he's one of the ones that's I think going to go to the senior bowl, test the waters, and I would have him
1: leaning towards leaving. Okay. Tyler Davis.
0: Oh, I want Tyler Davis to stay so much. Um, <laughs> but you know, I he's going to go to the Senior Bowl, he's going to kill it. Um, and so I think that may push him to leave, but he's one that is like absolutely on more on the bubble than we may think.
1: Yeah. Mm. That sounds good to me. Um do it for the jet skis. That's right. Yes. We need the jet skis in our life. Uh Rook Aurororo. I I uh, have Rook leaving. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, Davis Allen.
0: Uh I I actually this is just pure fan speculation. I don't know anything about Davis, but um I would say leaving. Mm-hmm.
1: Xavier Thomas. I have him returning. Yes. Ooh, spicy. Yes. Will, <laughs> Will Will putnam. Oh, he's returning. Okay. Uh, Joseph Mangata, Cali guy. Uh, I
0: I think he's gonna test the NFL waters too to see, and um, I don't think he gets a that positive of a reaction. So I think that he's he's also a more of a, a bubble player, um, that would like to leave, but might through that feedback decide to come back. I I don't think there's been any definitive decision uh there based on my fan gut instinct. Oh, this is fan gut instinct.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm curious that I, I almost picture Ingata also potentially doing like a Frank Latson thing. Like if he if he if the NFL's not it for him, maybe he feels like he can get on some someplace else, <laughs> tries change mm-hmm. of scenery um but i just think the portal is chock full of wide receivers so i don't know that that would necessarily work out well for him um, yeah it is interesting how the portal you know year to year depending upon it's just like free agency in a in a certain way right like who who's available what talents out there um mm-hmm. okay i got one more name sheridan jones um i think he's leaving okay yeah so it sounds Did like you, you know maybe kj uh, do we do KJ Henry? Let's do KJ. Good call. Um,
0: another uh, senior bowl invitee, uh, and it, you know it, KJ is interesting because he's he's such a personality, like a a major part of the Clemson culture, personality and everything. Um, I think he's going to test the NFL waters and see, you know, his his feedback. Um, and he would be a bubble player too probably leaning towards going depending you know, if he gets the super positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I I think he, he has not yet made fully made his decision, but I, I, you know,
1: I don't know that for sure. Actually. I don't know what KJ is thinking. And QT, I guess five years ago when we had the power Rangers pretty much all on that bubble thinking, I mean, we knew Dex was going to come back just based on his, his year and his tenure. But with Cleve Furrell, with Austin Bryant, and definitely later on with Christian Wilkins, some people would say, oh, their draft grade wasn't as high as it ended up the next year. Um, but it was still pretty high. Like, I think there is definitely in Christian Wilkins' case, a lot of optimism or thought that he would he would be able to go pretty high up in that draft. Um, and they all decided as a unit to come back. And, um, you know, do you think there's any sort of that, like, camaraderie effect that, like, a Brazilian and an XT could have? On someone like a KJ Henry or, or, or a Tyler Davis, like, so let's you go know, let's go win a Natty kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I do. I do think that that's a real factor. Um, I, I think what's different this period is that you do actually have nil collectives, and we'll get into this, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, who who can help to incentivize? Because I mean, uh, think about it this way, right? <clears throat> you know the NFL seems like a great deal but if you're not in the first let's say 3 rounds um and you're a 4th 5th 6th round pick there's no guarantee that you stick on that roster and if you have to be you know or if you go un- undrafted um and you you know make the practice squad you, you know, you're making 500k something like that right like yeah i'm not even i'm not even sure you it, it, i forget how much it was it used to be 300k it might be more now mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but not you millions. can get that. Yeah. You can get that from a collective now, right? Like Jordan mm-hmm. McFadden. I would, if I'm, you know, somebody in these Clemson collectives, I'd be like, Hey, here's 650 K to stick around. Um, that's probably more than you'll make next year. And you still get, you know, another year to put on tape and, and, uh, improve your, your prospects. Um, if I'm KJ Henry, it's like, well, do I get into the second round? Can I work my way into the first round? Is this a possibility? Could I get a million from a NIL collective to stick around? You know, like uh, those, those are possibilities and differences. Um, It was an amazing decision uh, for Clemson and Clemson fandom for all those guys to come back. And they actually did improve their stock. And if you can move yourself up further in the first round, it is absolutely definitely worth it. And, you know, Uh, this is one of the things that Bama was able to do so well is to keep all these players coming back for their, you know, later years and senior years. You're like, how did you do this? Well, yeah. Uh, They, they, they they did it right. (laughs) Uh, With the money. And yeah, so now you can do it like any team can do that, right. They can incentivize people coming back. So I think that that is one of the the possibilities here that um, if, if NIL collectives make strong pitches, that uh,
1: that can change some minds too. Yeah. I mean, I think when we, when we were talking about this team and the 2023 class, the importance of it, really, we have, you know, kind of some of the last vestiges of the Venables era of recruiting development, you know, DLU, there's still rem- remnants and reflection of DLU here with uh, the Avengers. Pretty much. I think we're talking about some of those guys potentially moving on. Um, we really looked at the 2023 class as a crucial class. Obviously, last year also to get some talent coming in, but definitely for this year's class. And we'll we'll get into this. We're really happy with, I think, the recruiting job that's been done to restock the cupboards um, on the defensive line. Still, though, it'd be great to not only get guys like Peter Woods, Vic Burley, to Marion Parker coming in, but have them learn immediately behind and under and come in and spell for Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas, and K.J. Henry, if we can get it. I mean,
0: absolutely. Like, look at the defensive end situation right now. K. Denoff played how many snaps? Zaire Patterson played how many? Greg Williams is who you want, you know, lining up. Like, do you want those three to be your three starting or two starting of the three defensive ends for next? Is that a championship-level defensive line? Uh, defensive end. I, I, I mean, that's scary. Uh, you know, that Lawson is your other, and that's it. Like that, that's all you got. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, Dabo made it clear today that some guys are coming back, and I think you saw, um, in the ACC championship game that the defensive line, how it was set up, uh, is probably where Clemson's going to head next year, uh, in terms of you know, alignment, the the scheme, they're going to do a three, three, five. Um, and you saw Brzee lining up as a defensive end. And this is the question that I asked at the beginning of the season, like yeah. where is Brzee going to be? Is he going to fully commit to being a defensive tackle? And it's pretty obvious that uh, <laughs> he sees his future at defensive end-ish, you know, like a, like a large defensive end, uh mm-hmm. at the five technique. So that's where I think um maybe clemson is gonna have to adjust schematically to uh to accommodate that or you know make up for that lack of talent their defensive end
1: yeah we have wade isaiah simmons would as you know to kind of fill that other role where <laughs> we could run the 2017 i'm sorry the 2019 uh, clemson defense potentially yep. um all right, cool. Well yeah, uh, if We weren't going to
2: get these uh, new guys to come in. And I was thinking, let's just play three defensive tackles down and just forget, a, forget the ends, Put four linebackers. It's just, I'm crazy. I mean, that's, that's how bad the, the, the depth was going to be with Denoff and and those guys. So I'm glad we've got some new blood coming in and hopefully some old blood sticking around.
1: <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. Um, all <laughs> right. Well, uh, you know enough enough of the window dressing here, guys. I want to get into this 2023 signing class. Um, kind of go go maybe more by sides of the ball here. Um, but across the board, I think we we're pretty pleased with this class. I think the 24-7 rating has Clemson at 13th overall, um, just in terms of like accumulated points of the recruits. Um, I, I expect that to change here as some of the recruiting services upgrade some of these guys. Um, I feel like you know, a guy like Vic Burley or even Tamarian Parker, probably, do you know, deserving of a five-star billing. Um, We'll see, does that have us jump anybody ahead of us? But either way, I think this was the large class Clemson needed. Definitely crucial at at certain position groups. We've already mentioned the defensive line. Um, So I guess QT in terms of like high level, you know, for the uninitiated fan who's not subscribed to a recruiting service or, you know, isn't as dialed into recruiting, you know, what are what are some of your like top narratives about this class in terms of like, what did we need? Did we get it? You know, who are maybe going to be the one to two household names that when all is said and done, these guys will be legends. I just want to like pull the string and let you soapbox here. Oh, <laughs>
0: yes. Soapbox. That's what I do all the time. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this is a stronger <laughs> class than last year. Um, it's a full class. Finally. Uh, we have a full class and the per star average rating um, with the composite is stronger than it was last year, but it's still not where some of the other classes, you know, some of the the better classes uh, that Clemson has had to build a national championship were, were at. So I think that this class is kind of um, a bigger middle ground class. Uh, it doesn't have as much, High-end day one starter level talent like Miles Murphy, Brzezij, DJ um, level talent, um, but it does have you know a lot of nice pieces and a lot of good pieces and and a lot of pieces where you kind of go through and you're like, oh, I like this player for this reason. That player da 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 da. But I I, I do think it's important to highlight that um, it it is not as talented in terms of like blue chip. Because you're supposed to have like a certain level of blue chip, um, you know, talent on your roster to be able to win a national championship is what some of these uh, sites have, have found. And so we're, we're kind of starting to teeter a little bit in terms of our high end talent. But that being said, um, somebody like Peter Woods, who is a, a defensive tackle, but really can line up anywhere um, on the line. He's someone who I think is a differential talent. Um, and he comes from Alabama. Um, actually, we got a lot of Alabama players this year um, yeah. from uh, Thompson High School. Great program. Um, and yeah, and he can line up all along the line and is just really, really agile, really strong, a monster uh, in the Alabama all-Star game he just was just destroyed wrecking ball um mm-hmm. so he he's he to me and I know this is going to be a crazy high player comp but he's a Christian Wilkins um a potential Christian Wilkins in this class especially because if you remember Christian had to play defensive end a lot of his career mm-hmm. thanks to a lack of defensive end recruiting at that time um so he was playing out of position but you know he was able to do it because he was such an athlete I see Peter woods in that same stop he's a little bit shorter you know there's questions is he six two is he six three is he like six one and you know 34, something like that um so you know there's a little bit of i think grady jarrett to his game um in that he's a little undersized
1: but very strong <laughs> and quick and powerful you got um, osterine for that qt
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and multiple triple a's on campus
0: so yeah. <laughs> so I would yeah, like I am ecstatic that Pewu is on our uh on our team, Peter Woods. Um and that we were able to kind of fend off some late challenges there, some poking around from you know <laughs> Deion Sanders and and uh mm-hmm. Alabama didn't stop and neither did Auburn. Like they all poked around. Um, but uh he stayed true to his commitment. And I, I think he represents kind of this like the, the potential player who could start next year um, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. Really, really good job of recruiting by the staff on, you know, the quarterback, right? CV, Chris Vizina. Um, people call him CV, which I love, right? His CV, his Vita, his CV. <laughs> yeah. um, his and, because uh, as I tweeted out, you know, and I know this firsthand, I'm sorry. Like one of the top, uh, recruits in this class got two million dollars eight million dollars total every year he's going to get two million dollars to be at a power five sec school and uh, in addition to that he got a house and he got a you know he got a car and he got all this kind of stuff merchandise apparel uh contracts yeah. all this um and so to be able to land i think that that CV is a five-star quarterback especially in this class and yeah. um I think that the coaching staff did a great job pivoting off of um you know of Manning. Um who I mean I think he's gonna be a, a, a great fine quarterback, but he'll have a developmental arc. And I you know, I I think he's a little bit um he's rated a little bit higher because he's a Manning. developmental um, arch, if you will. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Love it. Um so anyway, so I think that was a great move and quarterback play as we've seen the past two years is like differential talent right i mean that 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 is one of the areas where you just have to have someone um that's playing at an elite level that helps elevate the rest of the team and helps elevate your coaching staff as well so those are the two players that i would say are like the standout players in the class um high level we got six uh defensive linemen um and then we have a whole bunch of because there's a huge, you know, defensive line uh, gap, right? We needed to recruit heavily at defensive end. We've missed in the last two cycles um, landing kind of high-end differential talent. If you remember last year, we lost to Alabama, Jihad Campbell, um, and mm-hmm. other defensive ends that we tried to to land. So that was really important. And the other place was wide receiver where we have not had um, as much – recruiting talent and uh needed to boost the receiver room and so we went out and and grabbed uh four uh wide receiver right? you know three maybe four right depending upon where you slot different players um mm-hmm. into th- that group um, and i think that that's the the place where we'll actually finally hit the portal um for a real portal take um at, at wide receiver so that's coming too. i think um as cool. that you could add into this this class so hitting wide receiver hitting defensive end uh we have a you know a strong db class maybe not as strong as we'd like uh overall uh but it certainly is there in terms of numbers especially at mm-hmm. safety where we we have needed uh more numbers <clears throat> um,
1: so yeah, yeah skipping two years skipping two years of recruiting safety um Good to see not we're great. not doing that anymore and not great. <laughs> you got to dig out of yeah. that for a while. Um, <clears throat> I've taking one O-line oh, Yeah, y'all. it's, it's tough. I mean, and you, unfortunately we also had, you know, a guy like, this is what, what you always say, QT plan for attrition, not just portal attrition or NFL draft attrition. Landon Sanders, you know, had to cut short his football mm-hmm. career. I think we had maybe three or four players essentially retire from football due to injury, um, moving into this class you know coming into this year um i think ben and i hit this in the last show mason trotter yet a few other guys so again you just got to recruit and clemson's you know renowned for not making as many offers and having a very unique approach to recruiting um i think it's a world where again very good to see here a large class a full class um i don't know that this year clemson offered any more than they have in past years but you kind of got to keep some of those plates spinning a little bit longer here in the, in the portal era and, you know, throughout a football season where guys may have a career ending injury. Absolutely. And if you're not going to go after the portal
0: super aggressively, then you have to have more numbers in high school recruiting. And you also have to keep the talent level um, high so that you can continue to
1: develop. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, any, any remaining gaps in your mind? Like, I, I think coming up here, we want to kind of have you design your, you know, utopia future for 2024. But um, I guess, there, you know, I want to give you the chance to talk about any kind of like misses, in ter- not in terms of individual guys, but um, mm-hmm. are there any gaps that maybe went unaddressed in terms of what you would like to see happen? So I, I really do like the class that Uh
0: we took it O line. I'm not trying to say that it wasn't a good class. I like Ian Reed. I like Harris Sewell especially. Um two hard nosed interior players. Uh Zachariah Owens has a lot of potential. He's a huge, huge uh player right now. Um, big, big man. Uh and we'll have the seven.
1: Even yeah. Dietrich Pennington, i mean look out! <laughs> yeah. right? Okay,
0: let, let so, me say this about Pennington, right? I've been wanting. I haven't gotten on the Twitter. You remember at the beginning of the year when I was like, "Oh my goodness, why in the world did Pennington come in at this big a level?" Or you know, he had ballooned, yeah, right?
2: Three eighty or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, Dabo in his first press conference was like, "Oh no, it's great. He's all, you know, this is exactly he's what we way. want." Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, he's moving great, and uh, which is totally dabble's prerogative like he's the head coach he's trying to encourage he's not trying to Pump you know up. so yeah. so i you know this isn't to you know blast Davo but for everybody who was like saying it's like no 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 we were right like pennington came in way too heavy <laughs> and absolutely missed on the ability to play this year even though he was ready to play last year probably would have been the starter so hopefully he is able to get to that level uh next year anyway i was gonna say we need one more Offensive lineman, preferably yeah. a tackle, and that if that comes from the portal, if that comes from um, JMac recruiting, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean if if that comes from uh, JMac, then you're fine, right? Um, which yeah. is this weird. We're in this weird period where these super seniors could save Clemson, um, yeah, with this COVID year to be able to maintain a certain level of depth that normally you wouldn't be able to. So I, I think that's a gap, and I still think that there's room for another wide receiver, uh, in, in the portal, like somebody who can come in right away, uh, and play right away. And then I would take another DB as well. Um, I think that there's, there's, uh, I, I think that DB in the portal is like one of the best matches. So you can go and find somebody who you can slot in who already knows how to play safety, who you've seen playing your scheme. Um, and, you know, I think Georgia did this really well last year when they brought in some people um, in the portal. So that's who, those are the gaps that I, that I see right now that I would uh, – and obviously defensive end, depending upon who comes back.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Jared, any other questions about the makeup <clears throat> of this class?
2: Hmm. No, I think a lot of that really resonates. I was sad that we didn't get to see – 380 pound pennington just uh dump truck somebody but you know <laughs> dreams dreams will have to remain dreams uh yeah i mean qt nailed it i don't think there's anything i'm going to add on to that other than um i'm just glad we took a full class and we don't have any dandy dozens um like you mentioned if we're not using the portal it's like we have to get in a larger volume of people and then they have to also develop and then they can trip i mean i i we were doing one uh, thing in our group chat, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but I essentially went through like 10 years of Clemson recruiting and like looked up, and it was just like so many people that were four, sometimes five star guys or whatever. I just like we never saw again that were there for, um, you know, um, a, a season, two seasons, or they got injured or they just transferred. So it's like, it really is like you, you have 26, 27 people in this class in three years, there might be 13 of these people that are like anywhere near the 2D, so. I think that's a great point, great point. Uh, Do you want
0: me to go through maybe some of my like uh, underrated gems that I think might pan out in the class? Would that be?
1: Yeah, let's do it, yeah. So
0: somebody who I think is a a really great player who hasn't gotten enough, uh, I don't know, buzz, is Jamal Anderson. I, I love Jamal. Yeah. yeah. It, Jamal Anderson is just like a, a, a schematic nightmare. Um and he played at Mill Creek um, and you know, helped them push through the playoffs. Um and he is like six four. Um yeah. and, sure but too. really really long uh and and plays, you know, like he's six four. Um and he could be someone who is like a sam um and and might slot into how you know woodas was being used uh particularly in a 335 where he could play both sam or in a 335 you 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 want to have somebody bigger in the back end who can cover as well right so woodas mm-hmm. was kind of playing deep safety sometimes if you're watching the UNC game he almost had a great interception in that game um <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and like and that that's kind of by design. So I think Jamal Anderson is somebody in the kind of you know, I mean we don't want to put uh, Isaiah Simmons on him, but that's the mold of player that we, I think we could be looking at as an undervalued uh, commodity here. At, who's super athletic, and um, you know I I hope that he stays kind of in the the same kind of length size mold, and they don't bulk him up or anything. I don't think that's the plan with him. It gives you scheme versatility um so i'm i'm really big on him obviously i love peter woods vic burley is a you know he's a giant man we all know that he's gonna be great um he's he's a big you know recruiting commodity he's huge um Mm -hmm. i was trying to get think of who would be a player comparison there's some kind of you know big defensive ends from alabama um a few years back hand or whatever his name is um, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, he got Kevin Dodd in his prime, you know, like that big kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. um, could play both inside and, and a little bit of five technique I as see. well because he's just so yep. big. Like I, I think that he could play, uh, you know, on the outside in a 3-3-5 in the same way that Brazil was playing, right, on the, mm-hmm. the outside as defensive end. Um, and then I think uh, that – Steph Island, <laughs> green, uh, is uh, he's from Rome, Georgia. And, and, you know, he's just like untapped talent, right? Like he's <laughs> like under, like, I think he still has like a larger developmental arc. Um, Cause he comes from, you know, Rome is a little bit of a smaller school, with great coaching and everything. I'm not, not saying that, but mm-hmm. um, I think he has like a some, some more talent there and he's a combo kind of a Peter Woods and Burley together um so i, th- I think that the d tackle class which they i think that they'll be scheme versatile as well they won't just be d tackles um they they provide a lot uh, of of uh quality there that it would be underrated uh let's see who else could i i mean you know it's always good to get a uh another uh terrell into the uh into the mix mm-hmm. so I love having John uh, <clears throat> there, and uh, he—he's like that kid knows how to play corner. He's not going to need a lot of uh, instruction, you know. I mean, he's got a brother, yeah. In, I agree, Westlake, the whole deal. So that, yeah. that he's one that I think, you know, I was kind of saying a DB class, but he's one that who I think is a undervalued commodity. And since I had, you know, AJ as a five star who was going to go in the first round, and then he did, uh, you know. I'm rooting <laughs> for Terrell to do the same thing there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Huh, let's see. Any others that I'm trying to think of somebody that I missed that I really wanted to highlight? Who, who, I mean, who do you
1: like best at receiver in this class?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so like Noble Johnson out in Texas is a bigger body. Um and I, you know, I just don't know how his game's gonna translate into, you know, college football. Um, because he's kind of made his Mark is more like of a physical, you know, wide receiver who kind of dominates folks. And and is there going to be a curve um, for him to be able to do that at the next level? I think we have to wait and see. Um, he doesn't have like, you know, the, the, the speed of other players. He's kind of jump ball and bring it down kind of a player. So I think um, Clemson in this class was looking for guys who are going to be tougher um, and uh-huh. exhibit that toughness. And, so I think noble Johnson could could do that. Um, and Hannafin is, you know he's somebody that Notre Dame was going after. There are a lot of programs that were going after him. Um, and and uh, you know, Dabo made the comment today as I was watching a press conference that he could play anywhere on the field. and I think that that that's correct. like he could be a DB um, he, he has you know that kind of athlete um asterix i think you could put next to him where he could do a lot of things on the field um but you know he, he played in massachusetts and again you kind of have to see how that translates into um tougher competition and then tyler brown is a south carolina product local product who played really well polished um if you saw the shrine bowl at all he performed pretty well there um so they're you know they're, they're all kind of good talents i don't see the kind of differential speed right that i'm looking for or shiftiness uh in in uh you know the that i think is one of the major skills that you're looking for in, in college football getting open and um you know extending being able to get to to get separation um down the field i don't see that with these three wide receivers but that doesn't mean that they aren't solid additions that would would help the wide receiver talent um improve, which we desperately need, um, as was evidenced mm-hmm. this year. So I think maybe you go to the portal and you grab a little bit more of an X, you know, with, with some speed, long speed down the field. And that makes this class look really good if you're able to do that. Other questions. I like this. G- give me some questions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean I have one, I do want to pivot a little bit to obviously looking at the players, but also um, we've had a number of new assistants come into the team. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of at this stage of the game, you don't have to assign like a, a letter grade necessarily, but um, just get your, your, your take so far on the kind of job you think some of these guys have been doing since coming to Clemson, since getting into their current role. Um, I'll give you a, I'll give you a softball to start Nick Eason. What kind of job has Nick Eason done?
0: trying to get me into trouble
1: huh
0: <laughs> uh eason's done great like eason's carrying the uh, entire <laughs> recruiting staff i mean he was instrumental in landing the majority of these defensive line talents and uh i oh, yeah. i don't i think if we don't get nick eason we're in a lot of trouble um as a recruiting staff i mean and and it, I guess I should highlight, too, it's not getting any easier to recruit at the high school level. Um, they, it, it With NIL, it is not going to be easy for Clemson in the future. Every single year, I think it gets harder. So a great job. I mean, Nick Eason's done an amazing job. They, pay that man as much money as you can.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, promotion, whatever it takes. Um, how about Wes Goodwin's role in recruiting here, QT? Um, and like, I I, know I I, let me ask it. Let me ask you the question this way I don't want you to give each of these guys grades, but you know, is there any reason some people are panicking about some of these coaches on the recruiting trail? I want to give you the chance to say, like, don't panic, or this isn't his strength relative to the guy that he replaced, or whatever it is. Like, you know,
0: uh, Brent Venables is one of the best recruiters Clemson had or will have. Um it's so you gotta grade like, him
1: on a curve, you know. You gotta yeah, grade go I mean, so that
0: <laughs> that's not a very fair comp, exactly, and, you know. Like Brent Venables was the guy that was coming back to the facility while on vacation to open it up for players to host visits when he, you know, when he didn't have to be like Brent Venables was an amazing aggressive recruiter, and we would have landed way more. Great players had the opportunity been given to Venables to uh, take more more players. I'll just put it that way. So, mm. um, yeah. So you know, the one thing I think that the staff misses with Venables not there is somebody who can push Dabo to take more numbers. Um, obviously, we did this year, which is great. But Venables was really the only person who could be like, I want, I want this guy. Let me have this guy. Need to get guy. this guy exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah um and actually you know as the winning came uh, venables mellowed a little bit more um on that position but anyway uh so i you know i don't think west goodwin is like this huge liability um i'm i don't think recruiting will ever be his like
1: primary strength totally fair yeah it's like what we need west to be really good at obviously he can't just be you know a ghost on the recruiting trail necessarily but there's maybe other ways he impacts his team. And again, you got a gregarious guy like Nick Eason out there that can kind of, you can kind of balance some of the, some of the role there. Um, Let's maybe flip it to offense QT. I think, I think I've, I've read about and seen enough questions online to know that people want to talk about the type of job that we think, you know, CJ Spiller has been doing with the running back room. And I think what's been fortunate for Spiller is that we had Shipley come in last year Phil Moffa has been a very pleasant addition to this team. He also inherited Kobe Pace. I think like the, the status quo coming in with CJ as a coach is that there wasn't that immediate urgency to go find like the next CJ spiller for him necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think he has had two classes now to kind of get out there, you know, beat the trail a bit, bring his guys in. Um, just curious both with this class, last year's class, like what you know about 24, who we're in on. Where are you at on the running back side? Um. So
0: I, I think that Spiller is uh, uh. He had as his like mentor or not mentor, but like ha- who he was looking to 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 model in some ways, Tony Elliott at the running back position as the primary running back uh, recruiter who was one of the, I don't know, not luckiest, but like he was kind of lucky in who he was able to, like each TN was not supposed to be who he was. Right. Um yeah. And, and so Elliot was like always super selective. Right. And, you know, went and grabbed the guys at the last minute and was able to find some just amazing talent and star talent. And so I think, uh, Spiller has been able, has come in and tried to, and, and modeled that a little bit, like very, very limited um, recruiting board, just like like Elliot was one of the like most stingiest in terms of who he offered and everything like that. And, and yeah. with the ETN, you re, everybody forgets that he actually offered the guy who went to Oregon, who they thought was going to come to Clemson and they would get, spurned them, went to Oregon, and then they went after really late ETN. And that's how that happened. It wasn't like he was like, uh, you know, yeah. scouting and knew exactly that ETN was a person. Anyway, um,
1: and that's a Trenton Simpson, almost exactly the same same program. Mm-hmm. You know, Oregon with Justin Flo. <laughs> we turn around, we get Trenton Simpson. That worked out great. So did ETN.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean Trenton Simpson. That was just ridiculous that we didn't offer him before. But I won't go down that tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I guess like with Spiller. And with all of these guys um, on the coaching staff, they're coming up against a different era of recruiting. So it's almost not fair to even judge them in a lot of ways because they're kind of—I mean, I would say they're—they're they're recruiting right now with one hand tied behind their back because everybody else is—is is, you know, recruiting with NIL in addition to the recruiting parts of it, right? And so, yeah, um, I like. I I don't even know if the question's really fair to even say anymore, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, CJ has missed on every single kind of like high end running back talent that that's out there, but that's because Georgia had them locked up, right. From the beginning. And that wasn't really going to ever happen, no matter who the running back uh, coach was at Clemson. Right. Um, So it's not been a great, um, a great, uh, slate of yeah yeah, running backs that that he even was able to get uh going with but he's had a small board not offered a lot of people um you know he got Jay Haynes this cycle which is good because last cycle was not good I mean you know there's there's no way to to say that it was a great class last year it was non-existent you know so um I I think that Jay Haynes could be (coughs) a good player and uh and and green jarvis green is you know he's he's a if you saw him in the shrine bowl he's got some moves he's got some agility he looks like more like a a product uh running back a little bit but um you know i see some some potential there but definitely not kind of like the high-end talent that we're looking for differential talent
1: yeah, and I think the class that's going to be most critical for that becomes the 2024 class now, you know, because you will have mm-hmm. uh, Shipley and Maffa most likely moving on. So, or if not moving on, moving on a year later. Got a hit in that class.
0: And um, and I will say to to the credit of the Clemson coaching staff, like Phil Maffa was a great call. Like that was a great eval. Uh, yeah. And he's turned out to be uh, a, a dynamic uh, running back who, fills a, an immediate he filled an immediate
1: need who else cool. you got for
0: me all
1: right um let's go to thomas austin i know o-line is a you know a favorite of yours to you know uh celebrate and lament over recruiting wins and losses how's has thomas austin been doing so far i i think he's been
0: uh, a shot in the arm in terms of like that position uh in, in the recruiting of that position. I mean, we got Blake Miller and Colin Sadler. I would have liked the third last year. I would like a fourth this year, but the, the players that we did get, um, I, you know, are a little bit more tough nosed a little bit more hard edge. Uh, I think Ian Reed and Harris Sewell in particular are going to be uh, two players that actually will get into the two deep uh, sooner rather than later. So that's a good job by, by Austin. Um, and if, he's allowed to go to the portal to just get, you know, one or two O-linemen, then I think that that would be, you know, yeah. I I think I haven't seen any reason to believe that he's not going to be a good recruiter for us
1: and isn't a good recruiter now. Love it. I agree. Um, How about Tyler Grisham? Uh, No comment.
0: Uh, No, you know, it, (laughs) This is uh, – he's going up against – or he has been going up against the best recruiter in college football in Brian Hartline at Ohio State. And that guy has eaten the lunch of everyone in the entire nation. I mean, he's already done it in uh, 2024 already, right? Like he already brought in a five-star wide receiver for 2024. And, you know, Clemson was able – to make its national championship run by having differential talent at wide receiver, Mike Williams, uh, w- whether that was developed or they were like high end recruits, like, like uh, T Higgins and uh, you know, Sammy Watkins and all these guys that were able to land um, even when Clemson wasn't really good. So, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, we can't be done right now. Like it can be done. It's been done at Clemson, even when we weren't very good. So yeah. I you know that this is the one position that you really need really good recruiting. That isn't to say though that Jeff Scott didn't have his share of misses like he had plenty of misses like there there were a lot of misses, but he landed guys that were just that good that are you know stars in the NFL right now um Mike Williams DeHop. uh and even guys like martavis Bryant, right who had if if he had been able to stay off of certain substances could have stay still be in the nfl right now right so Absolutely. um you know i mean I, I i think that there's there's work that needs to be done there but i would say again like nil has changed high school recruiting and it will continue to change high school recruiting and that's where i
1: will really box in a minute i'm sure yeah we'll get into that coming up here um <laughs> Well, Hey, no, I think a real good assessment of the coaching staff, um, you know, we can maybe move on from this section, but, um, you know, yeah, I think like within the new reality, um, you need the program to evolve to help these coaches out. You know, they're, some of these guys are one to two years into the, into their career as an assistant as in college football, let alone like on this team. So yeah, you just hope that the team and the program can evolve to be able to help them out. Um, I want to maybe well, and and let me just jump in really fast and
0: I'm going to soapbox about this. I'm sure, but this is one way that NIL actually helps a team. It helps coaches. You don't have to worry about recruiting as much. Like you can coordinate now uh, with particular members of the booster community and the AD, whatever. um, And you can strategically align yourself in a way that you don't have to spend as much time on recruiting if you didn't want to. You could let the collectives do the work, but that's (laughs) not the way it's done. That's
1: not the Clemson way. So, Dropping bags. Yeah, I mean, QC, I've been mentioning for the past couple shows, like from about the, I don't know, from the Syracuse game on or after the Syracuse game, I guess the next home game was Louisville. You saw Graham Neff up there on the Mega Jumbotron twice a game, kind of imploring people to get with the new NIL collective. So, I think that I like to see that. I think the athletic department is starting to recognize the value there. Um, it's just a matter of, I mean, it's a complete arms race right now, and unfortunately, Clemson is behind in a lot of other ways due to the conference that we're in with the TV deal and then the TV deals in mm-hmm. the Big Ten and the SEC. And honestly, right now, like even the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve are sign all inking new agreements. That's going to make the ACC look like conference USA soon. So um there's that part and then just we have a small alumni base and it's a rural South Carolina university you know um so Clemson has some disadvantages there but I think Clemson has also shown in the past how scrappy they can be and do you know do more with less and I'm convinced you know this staff and this culture can make that happen. Um you just got to see them being innovative. So Uh, Why don't we do that, though? I mean, I guess for you, QT, the question I had was like, generally, you sort of hear about the focus right now of NIL collectives being on, like we talked about retaining your talent, like either bringing those guys back who might otherwise go to the league, preventing people from leaving the portal. There's that like retention usage for it. Um, There's going and recruiting guys in the portal. You know, If you want like a one-year guy like Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, you know, to get that that guy who's got that one or two years of eligibility left to come, you're going to have to drop a bag. Um, And then of course there's the high school recruiting NIL component. Um, I guess like across those three lenses, how do you feel like um, Clemson has like where Clemson's getting into NIL? Are they evenly distributing across those three? Is there like maybe one of those that they're prioritizing? Um, Is there one you'd like to see them focus on more? What do you think?
0: Yeah, so um, that's the way I've been trying to like frame this for folks is to say there's three kinds of NIL uh, collectives or three kinds of pools for NIL, high school recruiting, portal recruiting, and player retention and um, current roster players, right? So um, in terms of current roster, right, and, and keeping players on your roster happy, there are NIL collectives. That's what Neff goes on and and talks about, right? And they're primarily uh, dear old Clemson, and uh, the other one is called Tiger Impact. Um, okay. And those are, yeah, you know, one of them is like all about highlighting student athlete charitable, whatever. It's it's why the building exists, right? And I got all these comments all year long like what are you talking about clemson's not doing nil it's got its own building that's like the only building ever in the whole country that's been built (laughs) oh my goodness everybody everybody has a building everybody has a center Uh you know for nil like that (laughs) so that whole thing that clemson's doing for nil is for current players and i see Yeah. And is all part of, you know, Dabo's vision for it and what he was like, okay, this is great. This is cool with, which is great (laughs) and cool. Like, don't get me wrong.
1: Well, it's more for... for like guys in the culture of the program. Like when it changed, it's not just about like getting them paid generally. It's, you know, to explore marketing opportunities to for literally your name, image and likeness and being able to capitalize on that with the position that educate
0: them you know give them Mm -hmm. the tools to be able to do it themselves be giving them the tools to be able to negotiate with other people and then you know and then they've realized like oh yeah we actually do need our own collectives to kind of build relationships with our own players and pay our own players and so they do you know autograph signings all those kinds of things right so that's fine that's good um Portal recruiting with NIL, as far as I can tell, is still really non-existent.
1: Yeah. Um, well, portal have, recruiting is pretty non-existent.
0: So, <laughs> yes. Portal recruiting is really non-existent. We so went after I, mm-hmm. last year, I think, really two players um, and really made an effort for the, the, you know, the the Michigan center who absolutely changed their, their offensive line um and made michigan I, like i think that that's the reason why michigan's in the playoff personally is because they were able to have such a strong offensive line and that all happened because of that one transfer so you know don't tell me that transfers don't make a difference like look at yep, florida definitely. state look at all i mean there's so many examples it's just this stupid
2: yeah argument literally kills.
0: so we are not as far as i know actually using nil to recruit players and and again let me emphasize this to anybody that doesn't understand nil you can use nil as pay to play like that is the reality of of college football it is not illegal it is not uh i mean you may call it unethical and i don't i wouldn't disagree with you but it's the reality right it's the reality of college football it's what i've been saying for the past year saying for the past two years this would happen the Uh. toothpaste
1: is not going back in the tube
0: no it's not they're not there's no ncaa regulation that's coming down the line the only actual ncaa ncaa regulation of nil is that like athletic departments can't use like um their revenue streams like um you know ticket budgets or yeah yeah to to pay into nil directly that doesn't mean though as I, you know, I was having a conversation with someone today on Twitter. It's like that doesn't mean that the athletic department can't build its own 501 uh C3 and make it its own arm um that creatively connects with something like Ipte. Um that mm-hmm. that would could or would be possible. Um so anyway, so there is no NIL with the portal. And um as I was hearing, there is no NIL with recruiting high school players.
1: Mm. Uh, so and there's and not I, a there's know, not an independent collective working on that part, or there's no concerted effort from Clemson towards. So here's recruiting. how
0: as Davo made it clear today in his press conference, that's not the Clemson way, according to him. Like he does not want to offer money to recruits to come to Clemson. whether it's happening um with a collective through news or yeah, whatever.
1: Through,
0: <laughs> through through a different entity. That yeah. the coaches are not coordinating with or unaware of. Um, <laughs> Clemson, yeah. Clemson, like, let's be clear, right? Like, Clemson didn't get five star players because, uh, you know, because there's uh, something always, in these hills. <laughs> right. Uh, well, they, but they did, right? They did, but they also didn't always yeah. fully, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so here we are. We've got Hugh Freeze at Auburn, right? We've got, uh, Lanning at Oregon. We've got Jimbo at Texas A&M. Um, you've got UGA, you've got Florida state. They're all doing pay to play. Everybody's doing pay to play. Oh, Miami that's, that's is the, the biggest example. Miami. I'm sorry. That's a better, even better example. Like <laughs> yeah. it, mm-hmm. this is happening. This is not going away. This is who we're recruiting against. So, you know, you can go down the list of, uh, so I, I do like this class. I think that this is a good class. Um, some of these uh, players are not the highest end talent that we were getting like with the Brazil, you know, Miles Murphy, that <coughs> were top 10 players. Right. And yeah. so the question is, can Clemson without any NIL, right. As families become clear and clear that there's nothing wrong or immoral or, uh, you know, tax liability, you know, any of that with pay to play NIL, collectives mm-hmm. who who are giving right like who are giving uh hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars to some of these players <clears> who are throat> giving throat> houses who are giving cars who are giving apparel deals who, like that is like a package deal that they're giving um to recruits directly to recruits um th- like that that is not going away for clemson so can you have the same class next year without any of that with like saying that we don't do that at all. And, and here's the, the, I'm really soapboxing. So I apologize, but Uh, this is great here. Here's my, my question to anyone that kind of is like, (coughs) oh, this is ruining college football, blah, 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 blah. And, and Clemson should never do this. We are paying now, you know, Neff came on, comes on the screen and says, we're going to do NIL collectives. We are paying current players, right? Money, right? There it, it's it's a it's not exactly pay to play, but it's a version of it. Right, it's they pay are pay to stay,
2: mm-hmm.
0: more or less. It's I a like there, that. there's a there's a bit of pay to stay there. I like that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, is it that big a stretch to then do that to a high school athlete? And I mean, some of the stuff that you know Dabo's like rhetoric around this is just like, uh, you know, th- th- I thought we had to earn it. And I was like, they're high school athletes who are you know good players for a reason. Uh, this is this is the market this is how this is going to operate and you can debate the the ethics forever but every time that you don't engage and you let a player go to another school because of it um you you lose out and and the whole culture argument doesn't hold water if you're losing to south carolina sorry so um uh, that i mean i'll stop there and, you know, <laughs> ask me some questions so I don't keep ranting because I will. Well,
1: one th- one thing you did touch on, and I, I'd love to get your how you I mean, you, you do such a good job of simplifying like the complex here. What is the differentiation in your mind between like a, a booster program like Ipte and what an NIL collective would be? And like how might these mesh together or evolve over time, you know, to complement one another or. I don't know, you've got people paying into IPTA for their tickets, for their tailgating spot. You know, if someone's got a finite amount of dollars to be contributing to their Clemson fandom, where should people be putting their money in support? Right.
0: Okay. So that's a great, great question. Not that the other questions haven't been great, but this is a a particularly great one. I I think that um, Clemson fans should think about NIL collectives right now as the same kind of like disruptive innovation that IPTE was when it was originally um, invented uh, in, in its heyday, like when it came into origin, it was like using the athletic department as a way to gain funds and create this kind of, um, you know, disruptive technology kind of advantage for Clemson that other schools weren't able to do because they were just, uh, able to 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 create this booster network, small level boosters that then um, added up to Clemson. Even though it was a smaller, you know, like just like you said, alumni <laughs> base was able to yeah. be competitive that way, right? So let's yeah. think about NIL collectives in the same way. And and in fact, I think one of the the problems that Clemson has is because it is such a great organization, right? I, I mean, you know, we could talk about some of the flaws or whatever, but we, you know don't need to talk about that. I, generally, IPTE, I think, is, has been a great organization for Clemson and a great um, driving force for, you know, scholarships and all these great things with the community and everything like that. I think that the strength of IPTE actually has been made it harder to pivot, has made it harder to transition to, um, to NIL because folks are invested in getting their seats. Right. And then getting yeah, my
1: Ipte points. You know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: generational investment. Right. Spot. So you're, you're like, you're going to tell me like, I got to not give to Ipte <clears throat> to give to a collective. That's like this weird amorphous. And like, you don't get in an, an, nameless... you don't get a
1: tangible outcome from that right away. Right. right. So... Exactly.
0: Well, I, you know, what's interesting is that if you do go and look at tiger impact, um, or maybe it's dear old Clemson. Like they've started to try to like create tiered, you know, if you give this much, you get like these oh, yeah. incentives and things like that. And that's yep. where, that's where it's like, yeah, you know, AD, we got to figure out a way that we can incentivize um, these NIL this collectives. It's a
1: marketing problem. And it really is. It really Clemson's is. It's pretty good at this stuff. I think they will, <laughs> you got to have the want to. And then I feel like Dabo, like I feel the same way about recruiting in the portal leveraging nil for high school recruiting like you know when dabo kind of sets his mind to it the guy is like a master brand artist you know like he he Mm -hmm. figures it all out there's just they just don't want to at this point yes well and see that frustrating
0: i've i've been having all these people when i raise these points about nil collectives and like how we need to pivot people like the go-to thing now is like asking me like how much do you give to an NIL collectives? What are you doing for NIL collectives? And yeah. I mean, you know, my response is just to like say the same thing. Like I am, it, my pocketbook will not make a difference. The The problem is if you have a head coach and by extension an athletic department that doesn't want to do real NIL recruiting, um, mm-hmm. which means pay to play. I'm sorry. That's what that means. Then like, what's the point other than, um, you know, doing it in this other way that you need to be doing anyway, right? You need to be <laughs> doing all three of these phases to really truly compete, Um, yeah. I think, in the emerging NIL uh, college football space. So it's like, we can sit here and scheme about a great, you know, organizational structure and how Clemson could do it. But if Davo's not invested in actual going, like, to a high school uh, player and being like, here we have this collective thing here, talk to them, da, 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 like then, then I don't think it ever evolves um, for Clemson the way that it needs to, to maintain a, a kind of competitive edge. Um, oh, oh, I, I, I would, I would say this, that Clemson so far has been able to target a particular kind of athlete um, that isn't, doesn't care about NIL really. Right. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, like Cade Clubnick and I think CV. like they, they just, they didn't, need it or they didn't want it um but it gets harder and harder to find like that pool of players i think every single year is going to slim and yeah. and the the talent there is going to to slim and so if you can't find those players you are going to be and i'm sorry like if if my son is like a <laughs> a five-star quarterback and somebody comes into my living room and is like hey i've got this great culture." Dah, dah, dah. And everything is is great here, and you get two million dollars a year. And the other person comes in and is like, "Yeah, we've got this great culture here, and we can give you the tools so that you can find your own way to make some money." Like what? Uh, like at one point, it's just like, "Wait, what? What, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, what uh, is it wrong?" Check out you? this no? fast
1: horse when
0: someone else is selling them an automobile. I, you know, and and I I get like Dabo is invested in the student athlete experience and amateurism it's who shaped you know it's what shaped him it's why he got into coaching um it it, he's not wrong about it And like in in saying all of this i'm not trying to make an argument for nil as like this great way i'm just as i've said throughout this process it's just the reality of college football right now and um so I you know I, I I it's a it's a tough problem mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure for Dabo to be able to be like yeah let's just switch to NIL collectives let's just do it just like it's hard for him to like be like yeah the portal let's really do the portal mm-hmm. um because he's he's kind of I think just like himself against it he's ethically against it and, but but I will uh, having said that and trying to you know be uh, sympathetic to his view his view and and laying it on really thick about how NIL is like corrosive and corrupt. And again, like I'm not making a value judgment. It probably is. But because of that, so many Clemson fans are totally against um, NIL, like just absolutely against NIL, um, and and see it as like the evil empire, and don't want to have anything to do with it. It's like that will lead to Clemson falling further and further behind in a lot of these recruiting races. So I'll stop.
2: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, I guess I feel like Dabo is all in on the NIL, but he's all in on his version of what he thinks the NIL should be, not what mm-hmm. other people are using it and what the fair game is. To him, NIL is cool. We'll give all the players, essentially, we'll let them talk to a CPA, and then we'll give them a couple slides on, like, how to invest money. And then, bam, we've we've nil them, and then now they can um, – Take a marketing class, and then they'll learn how to, you know, put their uh, put their resume out there. When in fact, it's like, like kind of like what you mentioned with the horse and the race car. It's like Davo is still using leather helmets and no pads, and everyone else is running around pads and helmets and just like smashing our faces in when it comes to this. Um, I guess part of the question too is, you know, I think maybe um, on a previous episode of the podcast, they had said that you know Davo's thing has been to take younger players and to grow them up into um you know great players great men all that type of stuff and it almost kind of feels like he's trying to take young coaches and try to grow them into potentially great coaches that way and um i guess the question is like does does he really want to win another natty or does he want to build more Dabo land where it's kind of everything is kind of how he wants it to be um and it's it's his way and all this kinds of stuff
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe QT. I I want to get your your take on that. I think Jarrett. Like, I think the NIL thing and evolving with the sport to compete at the highest level. Like, if if you if you do if Dabo does have a goal or a priority, and it's never been part of the program to say we want to win a national championship necessarily, it's been we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Best is the standard. The best is yet to come. Um, and we know what the goals for the season are. win the opener. All the rest, because I'm not going to remember all of them right now. But we know what those are. Like, I'm just wondering, like, does competing to be a top three, top five program, like, is that as much in Dabo's sights right now, or is it to Jarrett's point, like, more? Let's keep this Clemson culture that's been so great. We've hit so many good heights. Let we got there this way. Let me keep it going this way. I'm just wondering, like, yeah, I, I sure Jarrett's question. Yeah, I, I
0: um. I think it's a, it's a very loaded question for sure. <laughs> we uh, are a it, podcast, of after all. No, 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 no. It's a tough question. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's to question. Yeah, no it, it it's a tough question. Um, I like, I I definitely think Dabo wants to win. Like, he's competitive. He wants to win. Um yeah. There's nothing to that, but but he does want to win his way, um, and to his credit and like on weighing those balancing, you know, scales, he was able to win, you know, when everyone else was really being dirty and recruiting, you know, it's a gradations, right. Um, the sure. the Hugh Freeze Ole Miss <clears throat> and the, the Bama car dealership level, um, <laughs> you know, he was able to win his way uh, without like, he's the only coach in major college football who didn't have any portal players. Right. And, and he won a national championship. Right. Um, so he he has been able to do it his way and, um, you know, he has continued to try to build it and do it. And so, yeah, uh, can he, can he tweak and adapt, um, rather than like just build Dabo land? Um, yes. Like he's shown that he would change his, um, I think kind of like really rigid rules about recruiting visits for example right he used to say he's you know no recruiting visits during the summer and during the just trying to do them all at one saturday at the end of the recruiting cycle well that's finally
1: changed right yeah Um, exactly so we we have seen some evolution there which we have to really have to acknowledge that yeah bigger bigger class this year right like right we
0: finally have a big class hooray um so (laughs) like i yeah Mm -hmm. No, I like I think that um, that if we had lost the ACC championship, you would have seen more calls for change. Right. But, you know, Mm -hmm. we won the ACC championship. We're going to the Orange Bowl. We're 11 and two, even though we got shellacked by Notre Dame, which was not a great team. And we lost to our in-state rival, which will forever sting um, (laughs) for the next, you know, I don't know how many years. Um,
1: Broke all kinds of streaks.
0: Yeah, man, that was such i
1: uh, I'm still. Yeah, I was there. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess QT. So, do you think so? No, I, beating, I guess. The, the- do you think by beating a soft North Carolina team, who is like they just lost to Georgia Tech, for Pete's sake, like is that enough to not have change happen in the coaching ranks this offseason? Um.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that we're expecting a lot more change coming into the season in terms of offensive scheme, in terms of a a lot of things. And it just didn't happen. Um, I, you know, I think we'll see evolution rather than change like uh, incremental change, I guess. Um, And and, and that's what I think that, that Dabo is going to continue to do. Like he's going to adjust slightly. um, And it's, and, and that's why, honestly, like why I go on Twitter and I know I'm, you know, talking into the void, but, um i think it's important that people continue to push for change um and and to push dabo to have change here's here's another one right like uh last off season finally talking about the portal um and then we go into the season and dabo had already like he he was already like retreating back to the no portal kind of stance right this yep. year looks like we're probably gonna i mean fingers crossed right we're gonna take maybe one yeah. i mean cuz paul tyson is um is a, a transfer player but he's not you know what i mean like it's like well
1: grad transfers yeah. that's not hitting the yeah. portal like we right. yeah. we had taken grad transfers before the transfer portal rules changed i think yeah. cubs has taken like a handful of grad transfers over time so and,
0: and they're mostly backup qbs anyway so you know yeah um yeah so we we it it will be a difference if we take finally do take one or two actual contributing grad transfer and and i mean let me be clear too on the portal i don't think we should approach the portal the way other teams do i'm not saying that but um taking you know two to three players in positions that you really need them will not destroy your it should not destroy your culture um and mm-hmm. if you have people leaving that much there's no reason why you can't bring in a few people every year for positions that have left. And you saw Dabo's language change on that. So I think that there can be evolution. I, but but this amateurism part of it, like Dabo is wedded to that. Like that is part of who he, he is. And so I, I don't see us changing anytime soon um, into NIL collectives, coordinating with coaches and with the athletic department to build that in that space. I think they will build it for existing players. And so that's going to be really important space to do that. That does not mean, however, that entrepreneurial um, boosters from Clemson can't do it on their own. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial Clemson boosters have been
2: doing it on their own for decades. So, you know. Podcast, GoFundMe. Let's get it started, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it. Along with the Discord
1: channel. It's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> that's our off-season project list, QT. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you so much for all of your insights that's a lot. here on recruiting. That's awesome. We went through a lot. This is an incredible nuggets. Um before we go, we want to talk about the orange bowl. And Clemson plays Tennessee. Obviously, we had a couple of or op- er- Trent Simpson's playing right. It's just Miles Murphy no, exactly. that's opted out. Oh, Trent, Trent Simpson's yeah. also Simpsons. not yeah. With okay. ankle injury or whatever it was. Oh, that's right. He's injured. Makes sense. Um and then Tennessee had some opt-outs primarily through their, their offense. We know also Hendon Hooker's not playing. Any thoughts about this game and this matchup, what you're expecting, what you're hoping to see in this one, QT.
0: Oh, I'm I'm hoping to see, you know, us winning by two touchdowns. Um I think that we still have I mean, we have a better defense than they have, and their offense will uh, – although they – I mean, they have some backup talent at uh, wide receiver, so they'll still have talent at wide receiver, but they will not have the quarterback to really punish our our DBs who, you know, will be healthier. <laughs> I mean, we Phillips and Makuba and um, Sheridan Jones, I mean, all those guys were dealing with injuries throughout the season, especially at the end of the season so they'll they'll be a little bit healthier and i think we'll be a little bit deeper in the secondary to be able to to handle that a little bit more and i hope that we see more of the 335 um and you know i think that plays to our strengths um as a team a little bit more um so losing simpson i think is a big loss um but trotter and carter i think are good and then uh and then wood as as the sam moving down mm-hmm. to the sam so that I, I'm looking looking forward to you know the defense being able to handle um, so the, no. the offense. I, yeah. I, I think if if they if they can stop the Tennessee offense um, for most of the game, it does bode well for next season. If you get a few people coming back um, that can play defensive end, because everybody who's there pretty much should should be be back in that in that group. On offense, it's going to be what is who is Cade Klubnick as a quarterback? Was it the the guy who came in and destroyed a really bad UNC secondary? Um, but, you know, Tennessee is a pretty bad defense as well. So yeah. I, I'm looking for him to have another strong performance. But as I said at the beginning of the season, like the reason why Cade wasn't starting um, through a lot of the season is he was turnover prone in, in some practices. And, you know, just put too many balls in jeopardy, let's say. Um, yeah. So, I, you know... I want to see Cade continue to attack down the field. Let's throw five balls down the field uh, to Cole Turner, you know, Let, let's see that connection. <laughs> um, that was the Irish. greatest, the greatest extension to the uh to the end zone ever. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. So I'm looking to, to see Clemson on offense, play with a little more tempo, play with a little bit more, um, you know, just kind of how they played against UNC. More tempo, more of the middle of the field, throwing down the field, opening things up. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to see, you know, some of these younger guys get a chance to step in uh, at O-line and also at wide receiver, see what we got uh, for some of these younger talents. So, I, I mean, personally, I, I like the Tennessee defense is, is not good. So if the Clemson offense struggles – uh, that that's not a good sign for next year, and uh, you know, we may have had uh, a bit of a, a, a overperformance against UNC because of their crappy uh, secondary. So yeah, that, those are the major things I'm looking for. But I I I'd say two two touchdown win.
2: Love that you forgot the key is that we have the superior shade of orange as well. Oh, oh yes absolutely
0: somebody was trying to tell me tennessee orange is better the other day it's like what are you talking about they're like between texas left in the sun (laughs) (laughs) like they were between texas and tennessee it's like what are you talking about
2: burnt orange and yeah and this blue orange come on yeah no toxic waste orange (laughs) um
1: yeah, I'm, I was a little bummed QT in the in the matchup selection with us against Tennessee. Not because I'm afraid to play them, but I was hoping for somewhat of a more, you know, game defense that that we could actually see. All right, legit. How good is this offense? You know, and I think mm-hmm. we're gonna have to wait till a few games in next year to even get tested. Which is good. Like let's let's let Cade kind of feast for a little bit. That'd be nice. Build up his confidence. Kind of build some chemistry. But um, again, to your point, yeah, let's you know, let's see if Clemson can handle yet again, a bit of a lesser defense.
2: Yeah. There'll be some hot takes for sure around like if Cade comes out and looks like he does against UNC, everybody's going to say like, ah, oh, of course, DJ was a hundred percent. The problem. Street and Grisham are good. Everybody's great. Don't even think let's about run it, it back. And yeah, so people right. are going to be ready to make those uh, hot takes. And I'm probably one of them, but I'll try not to be. <laughs> You've already written it out. You got the tweets fired up, ready to go. (laughs) Drafted. Yeah. I mean, it, it,
0: it, I mean, that's, that's the lovely thing about this, you know, this question and conundrum. It's not wrong, right? Like Cade, uh, as a, this style of quarterback is suited for the the kind of offense that we want to run. Like it's absolutely. And so, you know, DJ had always had limitations and, uh, and you know, who he was as a quarterback, but the, the idea that we couldn't throw the ball down the field still just just absolutely boggles my mind. So, yeah, I, I think you're right that um, it, you know we didn't get to kind of have this gauge with the Tennessee defense of how good the offense uh, possibly could be. But I, I will say that this Orange Bowl or this bowl, but well, usually bowls are meaningless. But I do think that this one is a little bit more um, impactful for the the team just to use it as a springboard to kind of push themselves into more of a kind of championship mentality. Um, Because the last thing I'll say about Dabo doing it his way, as opposed to the NIL way, is that I I do think that the expanded playoff gives Clemson the opportunity to compete for national championships in a way that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise, even if they slip a little bit in in, in talent level, right? (laughs) they will mm-hmm. be able to be in the playoff if they win the ACC every year and they'll get a buy. Like, I don't think folks have really looked at what the, the, the playoff structure looks like. It's like, um, mm-hmm. if you want to win a national championship, the, the easiest path to doing that is by being the ACC champion in the future. So, um, mm-hmm that will give Clemson a shot and it will still keep them within relevance. I mean, even if you lose one, maybe even two games, right? Like this year, Clemson would have been on the fringes of, you know, playoff contention. So I think that that, that will be good for Clemson in terms of being able to keep its recruiting profile. Um, and, and all you want is a shot, right? All you want is a chance to win the national championship. Um, and if Clemson keeps getting like destroyed in the first rounds of these games in the the playoff era, then there will be a final push to, for change. And Dabo will have to either decide that he, his heart is still in it or he's kind of done with the whole college football thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And coach Nick well said, we'll take it over. Yeah. It'll be about time for Renfro to come back.
1: Everyone, you can find quacking tiger out there at shakingthesouthland.com. Take a look for his recruiting profile, write-ups um, and then, he does game recaps as well, which are always a must-read. Um, at Quacking Tiger on Twitter, do I have that right? That's right. All right. Yes. Hot takes galore. Retweets. Tweeting it. recruits Like all the all the things <laughs> coming from QT's Twitter account. Um, no, but a must-follow for sure. QT, we love having you on the show. Thank you for coming out. Um, I guess we forgot to ask you. Like, this was the early signing day period we don't have many more roster spots, I guess for the February signing period, we'll have to see who all goes pro um, to see how many more slots are left. I think you're probably advocating more for use of the transfer portal to fill those than continuing to mine the high school ranks. But what do you think? Anything in February?
0: Yeah. I think that um, Clemson will still look for one more offensive line take um, and shake the trees for a potential tackle take. Um, and that could cool. be, I mean, you know, like Dabo's preference is to go get a high school recruit. So I think yeah. that they'll, they there first, they'll exhaust
1: that before they go portal. Yeah. That's,
2: that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: And then, um, I think that there's five slots that are open right now. Um, if you take all the seniors that you think are going to leave, um, so, you know, I, I think you could slot in about three returnees or something like that. And then one wide receiver portal take and one offensive line take from either recruiting or portal. And that is what I would like probably bet on happening.
1: Cool. Good nugget for the very end here. Um, well, thank you as always for coming on QT. We do appreciate it. Um, you all know where to find him. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. Also on YouTube. We record these shows. We, cut those up. Cody actually does that. Um, so youtube.com slash Clemson podcast. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, everyone I hope you have a very happy holidays. Be safe, hang out with your family and friends, watch bowl games. Uh, Clemson going to be playing just over a week Friday night primetime matchup in the orange bowl. That should be really fun as well. Um, Jared, we're going to do a orange bowl preview show next week.
2: Absolutely. Maybe we'll get Ben when he's, uh, done being face down on King street in Charleston.
1: Absolutely. We got to get it, peel them up off, off King street and get him back on the airways <laughs> here with us. Um, yeah, let's do it. So we'll have that coming out before the orange bowl next week and we'll do a recap. So thanks everyone. Stay safe. And as always go Tigers.